0: Hey, what's going on? This is a, another episode of the Leisure Feature, and uh, well, first, Derek, how are you?
1: Good, man. How about you? No complaints.
0: I am good. It is a weird seventy-five degrees in Indianapolis in November, which um, global warming. But I'm not complaining about it. So, well, uh, the same
1: in uh, the Tampa Bay area. So we we've enjoyed a we had a little bit of cold front come through. We got down, dipped down in like the 60s overnight, um, mm-hmm. high in the mid 70s. So it's it's been nice here lately.
0: Yeah, no, I'm supposed to be 70s all weekend. So uh, while this show covers TV and movies, I will likely be outside and/or consuming sports and beverages. That's awesome. So,
1: no complaints there. Um, I will there. be doing
0: your re- research for this podcast. Um, but speaking of this podcast today, we're we're gonna jump into the big launch of Mandalorian that's that's gonna yeah. be our key topic here uh, I want to hear your initial reactions and and just all about it uh, then yeah. we're gonna jump into a, a couple trailers cover a uh, a couple TV shows and a topic that I, I kind of wanted to get into with not necessarily a streaming service but definitely a uh, a content um, provider so th- that's okay. kind of what we're gonna be covering today um, For sure but yeah let's let's talk about mandalorian what uh, what are your initial thoughts and, yeah
1: you know, so and we were gonna stagger do this midweek do a recap on episode one preview of episode two uh we were able to push it back and in friday afternoons might be a good time because obviously uh it'll keep us fresh on content so I, mm-hmm. I already watched the second episode today uh about an hour two hours ago so I am a big fan so far. Um, it's everything that I like from The Mandalorian. Some people are a little critical, and they, they definitely have a point. Um, there's been periods in the show where it gets a little too episodic westerny, where each individual episode, there's a bad guy they, they, they or, or a mission. They finish the mission, and that's over. Like It's it's really self-contained. There are some overarching stories that, that need to be driven. I think this second episode does a better job of driving an overarching story, even though not a ton happens. Um, but we do see some character development. Uh, we see some character flaws in Baby Yoda, which is going to cause him some, you know, some uproars. Um, he's not necessarily the nicest, cuddliest thing all the time. Um, but I think there's some, some really interesting character development overall.
0: So I, I, that shocks me. I did not think, and I've never seen an episode, so maybe this is just, this definitely is an assumption on my part. I didn't think it was a, every episode is a self-contained thing. I just thought all of it would have been a big revolving plot. Like, again, kind of a movie as a TV show. So um, was the first season like that too? Self-contained episodes into a, you know, part of a bigger umbrella?
1: So yes and no. At points it was. The overarching theme is everybody, the, the bad guys in the galaxy, uh, what's the the remnants of of what was the imperial presence in the in, in, in yeah. the you know in in the universe, the galaxy, wants to capture Baby Yoda for nefarious reasons. Um, mm-hmm. We think it could have something to do with healing properties or mitochondrion count because that's a science that's been injected uh, from the prequels. Obviously, we know that Baby Yoda's force sensitive, um, and which would lead us to believe that you know, his species, whatever the, you know, the, the, wherever they come from, right. uh, is very attuned to the force. So we think that that's why uh, what's left of the Empire wants him. Now the Mandalorian decides to kind of forego his creed and, and, and break away from general Mandalorian convention and stop just fulfilling contracts and bounties regardless of its outcome. And now he, he developed a soft spot for you know, what they're calling the child, Baby Yoda,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: now protecting Baby Yoda and wants to deliver him back to his people. So yeah. the overall arc is getting Baby Yoda back to its people. Um, within that, there's a lot of, you know, it's, it's similar to like a video game. There's side quests. Yeah. So he stumbles across this town and they have this problem and he helps him solve this problem. Um, and he gains... That
0: sounds so much more fun to me. Like, yeah. The, like, he, little, he, little side quests. Um, yeah. So
1: the first episode, um, he ends up on Tatooine trying to figure out where the remnants or are, are some of these... Um, Groups of Mandalorian have scattered to, or if he can find other Mandalorian because he knows like that would open him up to an intelligence network of information that will help him find Baby Yoda's home. Um, so he needs to find more Mandalorians and he's having a difficult time because it's after the Purge and they're all in hiding. Um, and their creed is to not, at this point, is to not take their helmet off because they don't want their identities to be known and they want to be tracked and, and they're trying to stay in hiding. So he's trying to find Mandalorians. He gets directed to Tatooine, which obviously is where, you know, Skywalkers, that's where we first find Luke Skywalker. Tatooine's a really important planet. You you, hear it come
0: up all the time. I mean, I don't even watch it, and I know what Tatooine
1: is. So he ends up on Tatooine, um, and he ends up tracking down somebody who's wearing Mandalorian armor, who we find out isn't a Mandalorian. Um, It's actually Timothy Oliphant's character. And trying to, like, blur the lines between spoilers here, but obviously the spoils if you haven't watched the first uh, the episode of Man- the Mandalorian, you're probably not you know super super. Yeah. So Cobb Vanth is is the character he plays, which we've gotten other lore. It's nice to see him in the flesh. Uh, he's wearing Boba Fett's armor, so he gets it uh, from Jawas. He was you know in the middle of the the desert, almost died. Jawas saved him. He traded uh, crystals that he had for the for Boba Fett's armor. Um, vandalarian wants it back helps to do a side mission gets the armor back that's kind of you know where we're at hits a cold so is he, a, the,
0: is he the big bad for this season or you know no, is he, he, that's so he was he was the marshal
1: of this old town that had a problem with this big like crate dragon okay he had to kill the crate dragon that was terrorizing this mining town so it's again he's looking for information stumbles across a small mining town that needs help helps them gets an item in this case the Boba Fett's armor. Which is important to him because from a mandalorian creed mandalorians should be in possession of mandalorian armor nobody else should right so then he he's you know on tatooine goes to leave tatooine to find another lead on where mandalorians could possibly be as a passenger and the cool thing about episode two and this is heavy spoilers for this week so if you haven't watched it yet you know scrub ahead to early to later in the episode we won't bring it up again but we see the remnants of the empire being taken Mm -hmm. over by the start of this kind of post-war rebel faction, rebel uh, government starting to spread out and try to add stability in the galaxy. And the Mandalorian actually like gets pulled over essentially uh, by two X wing pilots. So we see some remnants of the star Wars world that we're used to, Ah, uh, they're trying to figure out you know who he is. Is he an imperial? Do they need to take him you know take him into custody? And then he goes and tries to run away. And then that's where the episode kind of spirals and you see more mission quests. and he and it kind of hangs in the middle of this mission. We don't get to the planet we're heading to. So you know next week we'll probably get more information on where the other Mandalorians are. Um so for some people, they they don't think that the episodes are doing enough to push an overall narrative. But yeah. then at the same time, I think... Isn't it just fun? I mean, it sounds it's different. Fun. It's different. Like, this is world building. This is something completely obscure kind of aside that runs adjacent to some things that we know. We're seeing Boba Fett. Uh, apparently later in the um, the season, we're supposed to see Sabine Wren, uh, who is a another Mandalorian who was in, in Rebels, only in cartoon form. We've never seen in, in live action. Uh, we're supposed to see some of the other characters yeah, you know, Sokatana is allegedly gonna be in it, Captain Rex is allegedly gonna make an appearance. So we're seeing some crossovers from other properties, but this is running adjacent and kind of off to the side.
0: So and I'm I'm just on IMDB it. right now, and um I think you may have missed Boba Fett. No. He's cast in there. Yeah, he's at, at the end of, at,
1: we see him for like three seconds okay. at the end of the first episode. Okay. Out, out of armor, obviously, because
0: yeah, because
1: because Dinjarin has yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he has the armor. Uh, Cab Vanth had the armor, but yeah, we see Boba Fett like over shoulder. We see like the blaster rifle, and then also he has like a uh, a Sand People raider like staff too. So you can tell he's been living like nomadically, mm-hmm. hiding hiding out amongst. Which the is rooms. awesome. It's really cool. Yeah. Uh, and and the thing is, so not to get like too nerded out, but the the way the lore works is Boba Fett is a clone of Django Fett. His, mm-hmm. I guess you call it father. He's a clone of. Um, when, when Jango Fett was giving his DNA to make the clone armies, he wanted a clone for himself. So that's Boba Fett because Django Fett is the, m- the source material for the clone army. Any old clones like captain Rex, who we'll see later has to look like Django fett so the actor that originally played Django fett is who they got back to reprise his role so he's boba fett he's gonna be old captain rex because obviously they need to look exactly the same because they're born at the same time and they're the same person so he's doing some double some double duty work but as soon as you know you see boba fett you're like oh well that's that's boba fett like i know he looks like
0: of course because he's got to be the same he has
1: to look like Django fett who we've seen
0: (laughs) yes no that's that's awesome yeah Uh, so Thank you for covering a lot of the plot, uh, yeah. And, and your feelings. I want again. Um, how was we didn't talk? We didn't really talk about the the character, the, the actual actors. Um, how was Pedro Pascal done? I so think it's far? great.
1: Yeah. I, so I I love Pedro Pascal. I think he's been good in, in pretty much everything he's done. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought he was a convincing Sand Viper. I thought he was good. Uh, in the, I cannot remember the name of the movie, but there was a Netflix movie where a bunch of old Special Forces guys decide that they want to use their skills for their own payday, and they go down to S- South America. Um, and I think Ben Affleck's in it. He's in it. There's a few other. Uh, I thought he was
0: awesome in King the Second Kingsman. Um, yep. yeah, I'm not, not, not going to spoil because there is an awesome, awesome twist at the end of that movie. But he absolutely killed it. In you know, the, the Kingsmen are such fun movies. Yep. Um, so good. I mean, stepping into a Star Wars property is huge shoes to fill. And I mean, Pedro Pascal's not an A lister. That's not like a no-brainer for no. to past as a start. So I'm glad I'm glad to hear he's killing it. Um yeah. I mean over you...
1: Martel is probably his biggest role in that yeah. way. You know, Game of Thrones.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, what are your thoughts on Timothy
1: Oliphant? I he can't he's a win every single time. I, I can't think of anything that Timothy Oliphant's done that hasn't been good.
0: He is just—he just—he's one of those actors that I don't know if is like, he's a good actor or he's just an awesome dude. Like he just is so cool. And I mean, let's
1: okay, let's be fair. He hasn't really stretched too much. he's no. he's, he's continuously typecasted as either an outlaw or a lawman. Like really on that that border between. Like he exactly. plays even this. He's the the marshal.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: he and you know he was Agent Forty Seven in the Hitman movie. He. And I think it is Deadwood or Westwood or Uh, justified justified. And he's in another one too. I think I think it's it's Deadwood he's in.
0: Okay. Maybe. Yeah. I haven't seen Deadwood actually. Yeah.
1: He's, he's always plays kind of a similar character, but he's always good. And and again, either he's perfectly casted and and that's his type and that's what he should be doing. Or he's just a really good actor who maybe hasn't scratched the top for whatever reason.
0: Right. I I just think he's going to be one of those actors that he's just going to be around forever. Yep. You know, he, he's never going to reach A-list status. He's never going to win an Oscar, <laughs> but he's just going to be cool-ass. We, we
1: cover another one later in the, in, in the Trial of Chicago 7. I think Jeremy Strong's the same way. Yeah. I think oh, uh, his
0: character was phenomenal. Fun- I didn't know, and maybe this is just my fault and not doing – well,
1: we'll wait. To, we'll wait. To and that there's another crossover. Jeremy Strong, in a, he's in Kingsman, right? For, uh, for, I think he's in the first one.
0: Yeah, he's in the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you
1: have, and then, uh, I mean like Stanley Tucci, like there's guys who are in that like second tier who just dominate that second tier and they're in like every fucking movie.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and, and I'm here for it. Yeah. So, so you're, you're what, uh, a fifth of the way through the Mandalorian. Uh, yeah. Is there going to be 10 episodes?
1: Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think there's nine this season.
0: Okay. Um, strong start, soft start TBD. W- where are you at? Two episodes in. I think for
1: what I envision this series to be, it's a strong start. Yeah. Um, I think it's probably a little slow for just the average Star Wars fan who wants to see lightsaber battles and you know huge, um, huge you know visual projects and and battles and space battles and starships and things like that. I, I think this might be a little too slow and boring for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, for what I want to see, just kind of an anthology deep dive into like some of the under workings and, and, and really intricacies of this universe. I think it's great. And it's a, and, you know, it's a Western. I like Westerns. If, I mean, the pacing can be a little slow. Um, but I, I, I really enjoy it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good. That, that, that's what I like to hear. Again, I knew how excited you were. I knew yeah. how much build up. I know how much fanfare the, that was going into So they're, they're I'm, I'm glad it's it, it doesn't fall on its face.
1: And you guess. can tell it's it's being cared for by Star Wars fans. Um, yeah. So you even see, like, for instance, we, they're paying a, a lot of attention to detail. Uh, you even see in Boba Fett's jetpack that's, like, slung over his, his his load and he's carrying it, you see a repair mark from where it was damaged the last time mm-hmm. we saw Boba Fett, when he gets hit in the back and launches and, and hits the wall and falls in the Sarlacc pit. There's, like, a, a weld that fixes it there. Um, so the, the attention to detail and lore, and making sure things are they're avoiding obvious plot holes, because for better or for worse, the Star Wars fandom is is rabid when it comes to plot uh, holes.
0: That is <laughs> putting it lightly. Yeah,
1: so I think they're doing a good job there too.
0: Awesome. Well, good. Let's uh, let's also think uh, kind of go next into what I think is uh, a little sentimental topic, but still absolutely huge: uh, the passing of Sean Connery. Uh, I just wanted to uh, dedicate a little bit of time to that. I know yeah. we're both James Bond fans. Yep. Um, I, I The Rock is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, so I, I don't know, dude. Do, do you have any, Do you have any thoughts? Any Any kind of odes that you want to give to to Sean Connery here?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's definitely so. He's He's a, a legend of cinema. Um, he's yep. been in, in every. He's been in so many notable properties, so many big movies. Um, a questionable guy. And honestly, uh, personally outside of film, probably not a great person. Uh, on a one-to-one level, people tell fond stories of him, but some of his belief systems uh, are questionable. Um, yeah. Especially when it comes to, to minorities and women. Uh, so basically everything but white dudes. Uh, white dudes loved him. Um, but regardless, obviously huge contributions to film. And yeah. he's been in a lot of great movies. Um, I mean, the, the James Bond movies, he's... He is James Bond. He's he's the James Bond um, for pretty much anybody who's who really is into that series. And those probably aren't even. I I think maybe just Goldfinger cracks his top five movies.
0: Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, I've honestly never seen any of uh, any any of his. Well, there's like twenty
1: six of them or twenty five. Like, there's there's a lot of them.
0: Yeah, so I actually haven't seen any uh, any of his bonds, but that's everyone says he's the best Bond.
1: Yeah, like I mean, it, nostalgia I mean, is a hell of a drug. Let's be honest.
0: Yeah, but I have seen Goldfinger. I've seen Doctor
1: No. I've seen. They're great. They're good. They're the originals. Um, they developed all the, the you know those Bond tropes that we know now. They came mm-hmm. from somewhere. Um, now, do I think his style of Bond would work today? No chance. <laughs> 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 nah, not a chance. But uh, they, you know, they they're the originals. They they set the the foundation that the rest of it's built on. Yeah. So, what's your favorite non-bond Sean Connery movie? Uh, I know you mentioned be the Rock. The Rock and
0: the, gotta be. I mean, The Rock probably, but The Untouchables is also just like I love that kind of prohibition area. Elliot Ness, like Boardwalk Empire, is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Um, so, I really, really like that time. The time period stuff it interests yeah. me, and and that movie I think is is you know. One of just a great, great representation of that movie.
1: There's a bunch. I mean, I think The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen's underrated. Probably is, not yeah. on top it's a, five.
0: It's a but fun. It's, it's a fun movie. I yeah, mean, you, fun you gotta movie. give. You, it's a fun movie for sure.
1: Uh Hunt for Red October is obviously obviously a classic. Mm-hmm. Finding Forrester is a classic. Mm-hmm. Um, the Untouchables and The Rock are both great, but and I think draft, my man. my favorite, and it's not as large of a part, but still a main part driving force. Uh, I think Indiana Jones and Last Crusade is his best movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I, yeah. I mean, it, it, I I don't know how that didn't come out of my mouth. That's, uh, that's, that's I that's, think it's, it's because amazing.
1: he's a supporting actor in that one.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so when you everything else that we mentioned, he kind of drives. Uh, obviously, Harrison Ford drives anything Indiana Jones, but I, I honestly like, I think that might be, I think that's my favorite of the Indiana Jones movies too. Um, I think the story is the most dynamic as far as, you know, his father, you can see where Indiana Jones comes from. His father is also this adventuring uh, archaeologist, and he gets our trouble, and, and he bails him out. Like I, I think it's it's a really good push, and some of those those like Holy Grail scenes when you get in the temple and all the booby mm-hmm. traps and the riddles and everything, uh, I think that's really the, the best blend of like the intelligence and and the action of of Indiana Jones.
0: Yeah, uh, I didn't even know this was Sean Connery when I was a, a younger Brandon, but uh, younger Brandon loved the movie Dragonheart with the talking um, dragon? he was the dragon. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Like The Scottish <laughs> dragon.
1: <laughs> exactly. I did too. Um, and I, like like I always I think when I was younger I kind of conflated like never ending story and La- and Dragonheart and like all those uh animals that talk or you know creatures that talk thing. But yeah, Dragonheart was was pretty good.
0: Yeah, it's got one of my younger crushes too, Dina Meyer. Um we okay. we 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 didn't cover it. We 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 were going to cover starship troopers and just never got around to it. Yeah. But uh Dina Meyer is in that too. So uh younger Brandon was a big fan of Dina Meyer.
1: Okay. Um
0: so yeah, she was the I, I haven't seen dragon Dragonheart in 25 30 years probably. Oh, Not 30 yeah, years, yeah, yeah, so I'm only yeah. 32. So it can't be 30 years. But probably 20 years I haven't seen this movie. Um but uh I remember younger Brandon liked her. That's what She, she was, was uh
1: she was in Was she in the first Saw movie? She she was in a couple of them
0: actually. Okay. She was a detective, and she yeah, had, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoiler yeah. alert: she has a brutal ending. I'm not going to say how, but yeah, her demise. In case demise, you haven't seen Saw, like three. Yeah, do you remember, Do you know the scene I'm talking about? I don't. Oh, fuck. I I we'll watched the first it. one. Anyone who hasn't has seen, seen Saw, then it's not yeah. for you. Yeah, she's like in one of these like rib cage machines, and she like somehow has to like lift her up off it, and then she just like. Her ribs just split oh dude it's no nah, i'm good it's gnarly i, I
1: watched oh, the dude. first one and i think i watched some of the fourth one and i was like i can't do this man
0: yeah i think i own one through five
1: because you can like feel it
0: like that oh yeah that's, no, it's, it's that's visceral. When it's, that's when it's too much for me it's it's certainly visceral yeah um cool uh i want to get into a trailer uh that i saw this week that had me scratching my head uh we're we're past halloween but for some reason, they dropped the Halloween Kills, um, yeah, trailer this week, which I thought was that odd.
1: That trailer is old, I think. Is it older? So I think I just think, came across it this week. So I saw you had it on the timeline, and I was like, Halloween Kills, like that sounds super familiar. Uh, I think this movie was originally supposed to come out this Halloween season, so okay. it's probably why they redropped it because they pushed it and and were like, mm, we can't drop this trailer before Halloween. People will think it's this Halloween. So they probably did it that way. I, I'm pretty sure that this movie was supposed to come out this last Halloween. And the trailer, yeah, like that, that would make that old.
0: would make so much so much sense. Did you see? Did you see the most recent Halloween with Jamie Lee Curtis? No. I so didn't it. Uh, how? It, yeah. So this is part of a trilogy. So if there's Halloween, and then this is Halloween Kills, and then there's going to be Halloween Ends. So it's like a Kind of like a Star Wars thing. Like, it's. They had the old ones, and now they're like fast forwarding. Well, I know Star Wars went the other way around, but um, yeah, there there was like.
1: So, how do you feel? And now there's like the end of the universe. How do you feel about a trilogy in this sense where, like, all of it's based on. When you're talking about Halloween movies, like, the bad guy killing people. So, how do you feel about a trilogy where, like, the second movie, how high are the stakes when you know the bad guy is going to make it to the third movie?
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> n- not, again, weird, right? So I saw this, and that's what I meant, like, had me scratching my head because I didn't know it was going to be this. I, I did research, and I was like, oh, so they're making a trilogy trilogy out of this. Yeah. Um, Which was odd because, again, you know, this came out a few years ago, you know, they kill him. Like... It was supposed to be, in my mind, when I went and saw this in theaters, it was supposed to be the definitive end. Like, this is done, and it actually did really well in, uh, in the box office, so I'm guessing that's why they turned it in to what they turned it into. Right. Um, but it's, it's bringing everyone back, so I will get sucked in to see it again, but I was just super, super shocked um, because I had no idea. I, I thought we were done with Halloween movies for a good decade, Yeah. Um, and I was okay with how they ended it, but apparently not because, you know, money talks. Yeah, but I thought, I, thought I, it was weird.
1: Anything profitable can't end.
0: <laughs> exactly. How dare they <laughs> come up with something new instead of yeah. just rehashing something that was successful. Yeah,
1: we're gonna get Nightmare on Elm Street
0: 38 by the time we are <laughs> no. done. <laughs> no kidding. Um, well, speaking of rehash, um, sure. this was a, I don't, I don't want to call it a remake, but a dramatization of a very famous trial. Uh, That happened in the nineteen sixty nineteen sixty nine. 1969. It was a a movie that came out called uh, The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Have you heard about this at all?
1: So I know vaguely of the subject matter um, as far as the the trial itself and kind of what that entailed and what, you know, around the Vietnam and and protests. Um, I was not aware that they're doing a movie until basically they started the. the, the trailers and the promotion season for the movie.
0: Yeah. Well, f- first, you know, written and directed by Aaron Sorkin, right? So there, there's instant credibility to it. Uh, but there's also, you know, what you're getting with an Aaron Sorkin film, you're going to get a lot of monologues. You're going to get a lot of long shots. You're going to get, uh, you're going to get a lot of the Aaron a lot Sorkin.
1: of political basis. You're going to get a lot of, a lot of dramatization. Um, and we'll call it loose relationships with, the facts,
0: <laughs> yeah, ex- yeah, yeah. For he, for he tends to dramatize, he,
1: he dramatizes a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you see some of the the information and, and rebuttals that came out of things like you know, when he did the social network, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people who are in the room are like, yeah, not quite how that
0: went down, right? Um, so uh, he either does, way, I love love videos, but yeah, yeah. Aaron Torkin's one of my favorite. Um, social network is a top 10 movie for me of all time. I, I love the social network um but and so but i'm what, shocked what, that you like such a a pretentious writer <laughs> <laughs> uh but again so my, my point there was y- you should know what you're getting into going into it because sure. it, is, it is the mo- like it is just aaron sorkin to the bone yep. um, and then i want to hit with the cast uh you got eddie redmayne Sasha Baron phenomenal. Cuman, phenomenal. Jer- Jeremy Strong, phenomenal. John Carroll Lynch, yep. Mark Rylance, yep. Joseph Gordon, love it. Like uh, Frank Legalia, like just Strong. unbelievable. Like Strong. just an unbelievable cast. And I'm not going to do any spoilers on this because it hasn't been out long enough, in my opinion, to to give to give. Yeah, spoilers. I haven't seen it yet. So. Yeah, so we'll do a, it,
1: we'll do a review. I'll, I'll make sure to watch it.
0: Yeah, my, my thing is here. If, if you guys, it's a it's a longer movie. It's it's north of two hours, which I guess isn't that long. That's pretty basic now, um, but man, it's it's really really good. It covers some deep material, and uh, you know, given the <laughs> given everything that's gone on this week with the election stuff, it might be bad timing to uh, indulge in, in more of uh, just just that kind of matter.
1: Right. But
0: if you want to watch a really good movie. I wouldn't be surprised if come award season we we see some of these actors uh being nominated awesome. it is it is that strong again it's aaron sorkin so you get a lot of that you know actor monologue intense conversation yeah high, high drama Long
1: shots blocking like exact yes yeah. he's th- this, this
0: is going to show up on on award day yeah. for sure
1: no, and the one thing I do like about Sorkin is I think his writing uh, and his relationship with the directing of products that he he creates, um, they're they're really good films in, in a sense that he and he knows it and they know it and, and that's where you know the, the comment about be, it, can, it can get a little pretentious sometimes, but they frame things and film things and write things in a way that's supposed to elicit uh, your empathy for certain characters and it really puts you in. The environment in the moment, and I I think that's really compelling storytelling. Again, sometimes it is storytelling. Sometimes he he plays the facts a little bit or dramatizes. He might take oh, this was you know a a small inconsequential conversation and amp it up to be like a ten minute of screen time ordeal for you know for drama. But they're always great, and the product's always great, and you know The West Wing and and. The list goes on and on of, of, of things in this realm. He, he loves, you know, the, the, the kind of political arena and, and yeah. you know, legal uh, dramas.
0: Yeah. Two, two of two, Eddie, Eddie Redmayne steals the show, uh, which is, which is probably not a surprise. No, he's you know, really but, good. But two, two of the other stronger performances that I, that I want to key in on. I've never seen Sasha Baron Cohen in a drop in a drama role you know it, it was it was kind of shocking to see him yeah. in in, the, in this role uh, i was reading something on it when when he got cast he literally called aaron sorkin and was like you know who i am right you know you know who people are going to think of when they think of me he's like that's exactly why i want you in this because he is not, he he has like a funny line or two but it's not like an intentional it's not a sasha baron cohen line
1: Um, Yeah, I I know we've mentioned it before, and obviously this is only like episode five, Like, and I know we've mentioned it before. Uh, Comedic actors tend to cross over into serious roles pretty well. Um, He did a
0: phenomenal job, just an absolutely phenomenal job. Yep. Uh, And then it was interesting. Uh, We covered the Emmys, we covered Secession. It was interesting to see Jeremy Strong play a complete 180 from his character in Secession in secession he is a you know right wing elite of elite too good for anybody character yeah in this he is a hard you know a left-wing professor hippie and just like free love and open and and everything uh so literally 180 from what i what i've mainly seen him in and he was my favorite character in, in the whole thing okay so, that's
1: uh, no, exciting. I'm I'm excited. I'm definitely gonna give that a watch. Is that is that Netflix? You said it is. Perfect. Awesome. Yep.
0: yep. Cool. Um, uh, I just wanted to hit on a few other things. Yeah. Uh, for 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 you and for the listeners, I started the TV show Yellowstone. Uh, it's basically it's a modern day cowboy show. It's basically about the land fighting of uh, the elite. Versus the Native American Indians. Versus um, kind of... It, it, it's, it's an interesting power struggle in the state of Montana. And it's, it's super it's fun. It's
1: like historical based?
0: It, no, I mean, it's supposed to be modern day. So I don't know if oh. any of this stuff is, is new. Or okay. not new, but like if, this, like if this plot of land actually exists. Or, or if this is based off an actual family. But it's it, it stars Kevin Costner. It has Kelly uh, Riley, who do um, you know that name? She was in she was the love interest in Flight. Uh, she was in Pride and Prejudice.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yep. You you would know her if you saw her. she, yep. she has a familiar face. It has West Bentley, who is kind of in that Timothy Oliphant like he's been in everything but he's been in nothing. Right. Um, sort sort of character, uh, and then. Um, you know, we we talked about Days and Confused a few episodes back. It's got Cole Hauser in it, who's been okay. D-list for 30 years, right? <laughs> uh, um, but still, stage relevant. I absolutely love it. It was it was interesting. I started watching it, and the episode didn't. The first episode didn't end. It wasn't. It's an hour and a half first episode, and then and then all the episodes after that jump into the 45. I I don't,
1: I don't mind when they do that, especially because. Sometimes you ha- there's a proper amount or a necessary amount of exposition to set up and frame things, mm-hmm. and you don't want to necessarily just be beating people with ex- exposition in episode two because they're like, "Oh wait, this is a boring show." Yeah. So like sometimes it's good. Like let's go out of our way to set the table, take the time to set the table, and then we'll get back to what's normal after we can start driving forward.
0: Yeah, there. So only three episodes in out of a out of a three season show. Uh, there's been 30 episodes, each episode, each season's 10 episodes. They're at a pace that they can't keep up. Uh, I'm not going to spoil anything, but there is a dramatic ending in three for three, uh, of the episodes. (laughs) So, um, it's, it's unbelievable. It's some of the best three episode starts I've ever seen. You know, a lot of the shows I watch are are high drama, uh, high, high brow TV that kind of starts slow. This, this, was welcoming because it started the opposite of slow. Yeah. And another thing. So
1: breaking news, uh, they just announced that free guy is going to be delayed. Ah,
0: bummer. Uh, You always need more Ryan Reynolds in your life. Right.
1: And to me like this, that's not a movie that's has a wide box office appeal. What are they missing out on? Find somebody that will let you cut a small profit to drop it to stream and drop it to stream. Yeah. Like, I don't think that's yeah. not like, it's not going to have a huge thing and it's not going to have a huge international run. I don't see China picking that movie up and running with it. Like just get that thing off the books.
0: Yeah. Your point. Like, move like, move let's get more Ryan Reynolds. Right? it from calendar. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I just wanted to mention that. Real quick. I saw that just come across while we were going.
0: Yeah. Bummer. You know, it looked like such a fun movie.
1: It yeah. really did. It's still, I mean, it's still going to be great when it comes out and it's still something that I think we'll have a lot of rewatch uh, potential, but yeah. get, just get it out. Drop it.
0: Exactly. Yeah, that that one's not going to, you know, it's not going to break the bank. It's not going
1: to make a half billion
0: dollars. Like, let's just get it off the books. Exactly. Uh, So two two more topics I wanted to cover before we wrap up here. Um, (laughs) Halloween is over. So, you know, there's not really much in uh, Thanksgiving movies. So um, we know Christmas seems to start earlier and earlier. When do you think we start seeing Christmas movies popping up? on on streaming services and on on cable and stuff like that. Any day. Yeah.
1: Uh as soon as for me November 1st is is when Mariah Carey gets some <laughs> starts getting some love some playtime. Um Thanksgiving doesn't have like some big Thanksgiving movies like no. There's no Thanksgiving no. music. No. Like let's just let's just own up to it. Like November mm-hmm. and all of December is is Christmas.
0: November's a weird month. Like you know there, there there's you know, college football season is kind of in the middle. NFL's in the middle. You know, no no theaters release anything in November. No TV shows start in November. November's a weird month. Yeah. It uh, truly is a weird time for both sports for sure. and pop culture. So, interesting. So, already, you're, you're right into Christmas movies. I, I do like to wait until Thanksgiving. Um, for for yeah. me, at least, consumption-wise, this is when I start – things that I missed, like in a normal summer, you know, there's all these blockbusters or, you know, you know, pilot season is in September. So November is normally the time frame where, what did yeah. I miss? And it's, it's, it's kind of where I, I get caught up on things, but unfortunately there's nothing to get caught up on really right now. So. Right. Um,
1: just, but, yeah. I mean, I used to be that way and I think I just kind of just gave up. Yeah. And I just, uh...
0: I, uh, last night, uh, I was Googling uh, video games to buy. That's that's where I'm at on the consumption uh, consumption train. So, last topic I wanted to think of here is... Uh, do you remember a little thing called Redbox?
1: Yeah, so I still see them every time I go to Walgreens for like, prescriptions or everything else. And everything I think is, who the fuck is touching those movies right now? Right! <laughs> <Like,
0: laughs> so, it was I- like... Again, I was the the NFL game was absolute crap last night. So I'm bored, laying on my couch. I'm scrolling through my phone, and I see that I, some reason, I have the Redbox app. And I was like, oh, let's see what movies I have on there. Awful. Like there is the literally, it is. There's nothing no. out there. So is Redbox dead? Is it going to die? Like, kind of give me your your business summary of. Uh, so I liked Redbox.
1: I thought it it, it had a a pretty good kind of niche application i thought it was a good uh alternative to the old movie stores but then you don't want to pay the high prices of buying a movie digitally or or, or sometimes rentals of of movies digitally were were expensive they'd be five six dollars i go to redbox and get one for a dollar fifty um when i left the you know the, the the grocery store but now i think Cumulatively, people are gonna be more aware, more acutely aware of just like germs and they you don't know, want transfer stuff, and they're they're mm-hmm. gonna be untrusting on the sanitation that those devices and, and those DVDs have. Um, and I think that the big breakaway is like you don't they don't really are they're not gonna serve a purpose soon. I think Correct. you know, do I wanna worry about a late fee or do I want to have to worry about making a special trip to go run out? Like people aren't just driving around right now mm-hmm. uh, on top of it, so it's not convenient to be like, yeah, I can go drop it off at Walgreens or you know anywhere I go because I'm not going that many places, right? Um, so I almost want to make a special trip out to to return it. And again, with with the relationship that's going in streaming, where a lot of these movies may end up going straight to uh, a streaming platform for rental or purchase faster. I mean some. Some of the production companies are, are hinting as short as two weeks. That squeezes Redbox out of the market.
0: I think. So do you think? So do you think Redbox pivots to like maybe going after something like Free Guy, right? Like do they you think? They, to. Right to to exist they like that's that, a great example like
1: as a streaming platform now is to also be a content creation platform.
0: Correct. If you're and not, I, I don't think they, they don't have yet. the money to like actually do their own production. So I no. think they have to do straight acquisition. Yep. Like they that's that's the only way they're gonna exist.
1: Yeah. If I can go again, I said you know it, it's sometimes it's like five dollars to rent a movie. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, and I can go rent a movie from Redbox on streaming for three dollars or four dollars, I would stream it from them. Yes. But otherwise. You, like they don't have a place like i don't even know if i have a dvd player right now
0: i have a video game console that plays right. Blu-ray. right I, mean, I don't actually have a blu-ray player um you know i was i was thinking about this before this and i was like the only time i ever got have ever gotten Redbox over the past two to three years is when i either go to my in-laws or to like my grandparents yep you know like I, I don't live in I don't live in a in a city where you know my my extended family is at. So I got to go out of town. I got to go stay at their house. That's like the only time because I know they don't have Netflix. You know they, they don't have Apple TV. Um, some of them don't have cable. You know, so it's like oh, I guess we'll go grab a Redbox. But that's not a sustainable model. And no. like Redbox has to do something or they're gonna die. So. I agree. That'll that that's something that I'm not gonna monitor, but it's it's an interesting thing that I thought of last night while uh Yeah, every
1: time I see a red box machine, I'm like, who's touching those? Like I did for the first time see somebody the other day using one. I'm like, why? (laughs) Exactly. Like, are you gonna like rub that thing down with hand sanitizer? And like I just I don't know, man. Mm -hmm. I don't trust other people.
0: Nowadays you should not, that is better off for it yeah you're better off for it all right man anything else you wanted to touch on that's today? it man that's it cool. well, good uh, I, I hope mandalorian stays strong for you um, I'm, I'm glad you're liking it so far um and when you get a chance check out uh trial of chicago 7
1: i got that and then yeah uh, and yellowstone on my list now awesome cool man all right buddy well,
0: Until next time take it easy yeah. see ya